1: The climate, Welcome
2: Look to the Doctor Joo show.
1: Nice, very nice, as always. You know, we've been doing this for hundreds of times now, and each time I
2: two hundreds of times I think plus more. If you add COVID, it's got to be two hundred plus plus. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, but but I tell you, you have this remarkable voice, and each. Each time you do the introduction, <laughs> there's a slightly different cadence.
2: Oh, uh, shucks, Dr. Joe. You're going to make me blush.
1: Yeah. How's your oxytocin doing? Great. I
2: love it. I love it. It makes me feel good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good. Mark, could you please introduce our guest for tonight? Oh, my goodness,
2: Dr. Joe. I could not be more proud to introduce our next guest. This student is preparing for his capstone thesis conversation at the Holderness School leading up to graduation at the end of this month and heading off to a far away away land for university. But his capstone is a very current topic. He's in the current affairs group at school and is leading it because minute by minute, hour by hour, Artificial intelligence is part of the news. So our guest today, who is fresh off of the spring production of Footloose, Tom and Dr. Cho, getting prepared for graduation, but more importantly, getting prepared for his capstone, his live 20-minute presentation of what he studied all year long, which is the ethics of artificial intelligence intelligence and where are we going without further ado i would like to introduce the matt we like to call him matthew family calls him mam's styles thank you well
1: welcome matt matthew Mams styles it's great to have you here thanks for being here i'm
2: excited
0: i'm very excited to be on this
1: that's great okay so tell us tell us about your capstone ethics of ai
0: Yeah. So first, I'll kind of just go over what Capstone is for those that don't know. So I'm at the Holderness School in New Hampshire, and seniors have a senior class called Capstone where it's research based. And in the beginning of the year, you pick your own topic and you kind of study that throughout the year, um, interview people, interview alums. um, And just kind of research it throughout the year. And at the end of the year, you have. Around like a twenty-minute TED Talk-like presentation, which for me is, I want to say from ten days from now. So, getting down to it, still so can, doing my last last touches you, on my presentation. Can but you yeah. can
1: you do some of the presentation for us tonight then, just as a rehearsal, or you're not allowed to?
0: I can. Yeah, I'll do my. I've 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 a. i have i have have ai feel like I have a pretty good cold opening that I like to. Okay. Do. Good. Okay.
1: But well, let's hear but, um, more about it. So, so that's what the capstone is. So you're going to be doing this like TED Talk presentation in ten days
0: hmm
1: how did you find your topic what are you talking about
0: so how I found my topic is actually not that interesting but <laughs> I was in the beginning of the year I was between a bunch of different topics I didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't want to start studying something that was going to bore me for the throughout the rest of the year and I, I started off with a couple couple topics something about China um, I started in a little bit in real estate but then I ended up finalizing on artificial intelligence. And I I didn't really know where to go with this uh the nitpicky like coding of it or towards the future of it. So I actually decided to just go towards the future of it, what it what it will lead us um how it's going to impact like human interaction and all that. And it's actually been super interesting because from around November to late December, early January I did all my research about what's going to happen in the future, how this is going to lead to whatever. And then around end of May, I would say, or no, sorry, end of April, a little beginning of April, a lot of my predictions have started to kind of surface with all the advancements in AI. So that's been really interesting.
1: (laughs) So what did you predict that has started to hit the news?
0: Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll back it up first and kind of try to define artificial intelligence for the listeners who, who don't really know or maybe have heard this buzzword before but don't really know what it is. So, great. Um, artificial. This is obviously uh, man-made. Doesn't occur in nature. So, human-made intelligence. Intelligence is a is a lot trickier to define. There's still many many smart people, many famous people who still debate the true definition of this word. But throughout my talk, I kind of used the definition as the ability to complete complex goals. So a man-made machine that has the ability to complete complex goals. Uh, this is like your computer, um, these these chess algorithms that beat the best chess players in the world. And um, as we've seen recently with this chat GPT that I can write essays and codecs that codes, um, and it's getting pretty scary. But... Um, The most recent or the most advanced AI to date, I would probably say is GPT-4. This is by the same creators of OpenAI, um, started by Sam Altman and Elon Musk, but now it's just run by Sam Altman. And um, GPT-4, they placed it through a bunch of different tests and it it got, the results were pretty startling for some people. it got a 1470 on the SAT. Um, it passed the bar exam in the the top 10th percentile. And people are looking at these results and thinking, well, if this AI system is passing the bar exam and getting pretty high scores in the SAT, like, what is this going to mean in the future? Or is AI going to defend us in court? Is it going to teach our classes? Like, all these possibilities that we still don't really know what's going to happen. But um, so recently, there was an open AI, um, a letter signing, basically, like an open letter that's that wants to put a pause or a halt to AI advancements. This this came out, I want to say, March, March 20th, around then, so fairly recent. And um, it's been signed by Elon Musk, it's been signed by uh, Andrew, Andrew Yang, uh, Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, all these big tech guys are wanting to put a pause to uh, AI research for at least six months, I think it was, just to kind of go back and say, well, this, this is really exponentially advancing. This is getting a little scary. This, this, could, this could do a lot of stuff that we didn't predict it to do. We need to implement... Um, ethics and and rules and and regulations into AI advancement to make sure uh, it doesn't go down the road of the Terminator, for an example, or or all these other sci-fi movies where it ends in human extinction. but and the open letter signing has around, I want to say thirty thousand uh, signings and a bunch of famous people, like I mentioned, but it's just an open letter signing. It's not really uh a a law or a rule that these big huge tech companies like microsoft and and apple and bing are are gonna have to listen to their they can still do their ai research and and gpt4 is only uh it's 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 public so they so we know everything is done there's i'm sure there's hundreds of ai systems that are private that are much more advanced than gpt4 but um That that's this this whole idea of what's next is what I've been researching for my year. Um, What is next is, as sad to say, is we don't really know because it's so recent and all these rules and regulations there aren't. There's nothing really implemented into slowing it down, so we don't really know what can
2: happen next. No guardrails. No guardrails no regulations it's moving way too fast as
0: we as we saw with the uh the ftx crisis of no guardrails you could see these tech savvy kids just a lot smarter than the average person who are basically scamming of thousands of people on a very very uh illegal way through avoiding like the regulations of america so this is why we need to have regulations on AI and which is why this open letter signing is kind of pushing the idea of we need to halt this. We need to halt this progression. We need to halt these advancements so so it doesn't lead down to FTX or it doesn't lead down to Terminator or or all these other kind of sci-fi like endings that obviously we don't want to see.
2: Because there are always the potential of bad actors, right? We can't assume everybody is super ethical and and um here for the the people, right? Mm-hmm. We have learned in history that someone may take an opportunistic position with this and whoops, it got, got out and I didn't mean for that to happen.
1: This is really interesting, Matt. Dr. Joe, I saw your eyes pop up. Yeah, no, because we are going to talk about what will happen next, but I, I will just tell you that what will happen next Right now is a commercial break. That's what will happen right now next so we can hear about the intelligence, not artificial at all, of our sponsors. We'll be right back with The Dr. Joe Show.
2: Hey, folks. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Joe Show. We've been investigating whether or not we want to bring sponsors into our podcast. What are your thoughts? Do you know somebody who might be a good partner with The Dr. Joe Show, who may want to align their product or service? with the Dr. Joe show. Think about it. And we're back with artificial intelligence. You've heard about it. You've read about it. You're thinking about it. And now we're talking about it. Dr. Joe, you got questions for this young, bright mind?
1: Yeah. Matthew Stiles, uh, (laughs) who is studying artificial intelligence for his capstone presentation at school. Um, So we were talking a little bit off air and you'd mentioned this in the first section, you said scary. So what is scary about this? So I I view
0: AI and artificial intelligence advancements in, in two roads it could lead down, the left road and the right road. The left road is obviously... The, the the terminator road where it takes us over and gets way out of hand, way too smart for human intellect to be able to control it. So, and- so let me just, let me,
1: let me, let me, let me post on that one. How, how would that happen? I mean, what, what would that really look like having an artificial intelligence too smart for us to control? What would it do?
0: Well, that's a, I think that's the money question that every re- all scientists and researchers are trying to solve right now. But, um, but my what? view... This, go on, go on your view, yeah. So I really like this. There's this one quote that I have from I.J. Good. This is one of... This is from 1965. So very, very old AI researcher. He was one of the first kind of people to study this topic of an ultra-intelligent machine or something that is smarter than human intellect and let me let me read this real quick he says let an ultra intelligent machine be defined as a machine that can far surpass all intellectual activities of any man however clever thus the first ultra intelligent machine is the last invention that men need ever make provided that the machine is docile enough to tell us how to keep it under control this is, uh, this, this quote I've kind of based my research around because you can break it up into many different pieces, like towards the end where it says, uh, the machine is docile enough to tell us how to keep it under control. So this means that here, so let me, let me back up a little bit. So over time through my research, I've noticed, or that other research has said that over time, human intellect has, has definitely grown. It's grown in a linear fashion. It's it's kind of just been a straight line through um, say IQ and time over over time. But the difference between artificial intelligence and computers is that it's more exponential. So it'll start slower, start slower, and then slowly kind of boom up. And then there's that point where it hasn't happened yet, but where AI becomes smarter than humans. and this 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 uh, kind of this will be like a big turn in history. Uh we don't know when this will happen. It could be five years, it could be ten years, it could be a hundred years. It's it's still quite undecided. But uh many researchers think this is gonna happen a lot sooner than they predicted. Uh throughout my research, they said it was gonna happen in like hundreds of years, but now now there's there's um like these open letter signings saying that we need to stop because it's it's getting close to that point where it breaks our intellect and becomes smarter than us.
3: The singularity.
0: Singularity, that is the term. And um, that's that is what scares people that when I use the word scary, it's it's uh, of human society thinking that, well, if this machine is smarter than us, it, it could enslave us, it could it, it would basically be our boss. Like, what what will it do? It, um, it could do anything, really. And the idea of keeping the, mach- the, the machine to be smart enough to tell us to keep it under control is something that is out of our power, which is why uh, we need to kind of steer AI research on the right path. So it doesn't do what's best for them, but for best for us, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and, and I can appreciate the fear. And I have, you know, this is not my area of expertise, but my area is really in our human response to the idea that there's gonna be an artificial intelligence that's smarter than us and therefore is dangerous Mm -hmm. why would it have to be dangerous
0: well so there like i said earlier there's there's the two rows it could be very dangerous or it could be turn us into a digital utopia where we all upload our brains onto the the cloud and we all live forever in peace and harmony Uh, these are two possible scenarios of what the outcome would, would come to but obviously we want to is steer there a it.
2: third what would the third well, be what, is there what a would your third, be? third because that doesn't sound I mean utopia is you know subjective I suppose
0: mm-hmm. yeah I guess but it's the idea of of benefiting us yeah. so
1: it's not benefiting us or benefiting us so Got I you, this like, maybe is, is completely out of left field and, and maybe takes our conversation the wrong way but how How is this concept of an artificial intelligence that is so powerful that it could wipe us out or make us do things basically to worship it, how is that different than one of our current concepts of well, God?
2: Sure. Well, that is... Uh, <laughs> Um, I, Is there a conversation about the almighty AI God? Yeah. Almighty
1: intelligence.
2: Right. AI. Yeah. That's next year's capstone, I think, pal.
1: Yes. So so what are the ethics? How how do we begin to manage this? But just so you know, we, we had um, some authors on, it's gotta be what, three, four months ago, who had written a book called The Moral Code, which was a, a science fiction novel exactly about this. Mm -hmm. wondering you know here's this this artificial intelligence that is so powerful and in their book it began to basically make the rules Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the concern was if you don't follow these rules i will eliminate you Mm -hmm. is that part of of where we're heading in terms of the potential for artificial intelligence that's going to start making the rules
0: well yes that. It could be. Um, I read this book um from my research called Life Life 3.0 by Max Tegmark. And in one of the uh one of the chapters, he uses this example of imagine that everyone older than a fifth grader just dies on on the earth. Everyone you're you're the only one left that is smarter than a fifth grader. And a bunch of fifth graders want to kind of keep you held down, keep you kind of enslaved and tell you how to. How to change the world for their better it would be much easier for you to kind of get out of that cage and 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 plant the seeds and and start 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 the money system and the banking system and all this kind of way to keep these people in check and that that kind of comes down to when ai is smarter than us is do we want to kind of keep it in our hands in our hands or do you want it to kind of go out and and do its own thing to spark um, our future,
1: really. I, I I just have to go back to the pun you made talking about money and keeping things in check. But but sorry.
2: Um, so Dr. Joe is going to be going to Austin, Texas know, for a do. pun competition. Maybe maybe we'll, we'll and see. we're going to go down and see Aunt Tracy and Uncle John and go see him in his pun. Yeah, competition. Okay, we'll we'll talk about it. You're that, doing yeah. so, it. You're totally so, doing.
1: It. So I've got a quick question though, about, about this. Um, If, how how does it, how does it manifest itself? How does it become this way? Because aren't, aren't the computers, whatever it is limited in some way by the data that we enter into the computer. Mm
3: -hmm. So
1: if it's data entry and there's a limitation on that, how does it become smarter than us?
0: well it's all matter really it's okay. our brain is made of matter all these machines are made of matter and it's 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 the subsection of artificial intelligence called machine learning and this is basically when the machine starts to use its its information and pick out what's better and slowly pick out what's better and and start to learn and get smarter on on the information it has um you see this when you try to open up a new tab and it's you have to say click if you're not a robot and and click uh, oh this the click the stoplights here 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 that's this big database of AI kind of learning um what 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 these stoplights are and it's starting to kind of learn on itself with um obviously our help now but it it's the the main answer to your question is it's all matter like why can't we recreate our brains? And that's what these AI researchers are trying to do right now is create our, our neural networks artificially.
2: Why wouldn't someone want to agree to a pause and let's collaborate together and figure this out?
0: So there's this idea of artificial general intelligence or AGI for short. This is, um, this like the ultra intelligent machine that, uh, IJ Good was talking about earlier in my quote. It's uh, the, the best machine that will be able to create any other machine. It'll be the last machine ever to be created. Obviously, you want your company to make this machine. You don't want other companies to make it. So you, you think that your company will make the best AGI, the smartest AGI, and the right AGI. Make the AGI that doesn't go down the left road, the AGI that leads us towards the right road. So it, it's it really, it's, it's power. The, the company wants power and they want to make the machine first.
1: So so which, so the pause on this is to give an advantage to somebody else as opposed to really write down the ethics of, of how we're going to create some, you know, say some boundaries, some...
0: some no, so, so the pause is to create the boundaries. It's to create, okay, like we, we see this... Almost space race. We see this race to the ultra intelligent machine, but we need to make it uh, have have boundaries. We need we need to make it so uh, these big AI companies don't cut corners on on the ethics and the regulations. And when it comes down to that, we we need to make it benefit us yep. instead of benefit the machine.
1: How do we? How do you monitor and in sort of enforce the pause? Because couldn't some people pause and other people say, Yeah, we're paused, but yeah. they're going and Yeah,
0: exactly. That's that's the tricky question. Is this, this this AI this open AI letter, which was published by the future it's it's the future of life is basically the company that published this letter and and they said that well we need everyone to put a pause, but there's no laws against that. There's no there's no really punishments if you, if you don't pause. So all these AI companies are still going to do their research, but pushing the idea of, Hey, we need to kind of slow down on this research. We need to make sure we're, we're studying the right thing and, and driving us towards the right area. Um, It's that idea that is going to kind of push the big CEOs and these big tech companies to, Hey, maybe we should implement these rules and regulations and maybe we should slow down because it is quickly going to get out of our hands
2: what was google's initial uh, initial slogan don't don't do evil don't don't be evil and then they moved it to break things or something like that
0: yeah well that's what that's what comes with power really is will power corrupt you is it will it turn you evil i mean we've seen in human history all these people like stalin and, and hitler have gained all this power and have done evil who didn't intend to do evil i'm sure but i mean once they got the power they they have the evil so once once you have the agi what what's what's stopping it to turn evil
2: but then it's not even the people right is what you're saying is it, it the people may have limited to no control at that point mm-hmm. and then the,
1: so the future programmed... future of life mm-hmm, mm-hmm which I, I, I'm i sort of glad it's not the future of our life because that would be fool, mm-hmm. but the future of, of this life really depends on our sponsors. And so we are going to give our sponsors a moment to talk about the future of your life through their products. We'll be right back with the Dr. Joe show. Hey folks, welcome
2: back. So any thoughts, do you listen to other podcasts? Do you see how they do the sponsors? Is there a way that they're utilizing sponsors that you enjoy or you don't enjoy? I listen to SmartList and I really enjoy how the co-hosts share the voiceover for the product or service. It's really funny for the most part, but it's unique. It's them really endorsing. Does that work? What do you think? And we're back with the Dr. Joe Show, talking about the future of life. Dr. Joe, what do you think about the future of life?
1: The future of life? I you know, have a lot of investment in that. I have optimism in who we are uh, as a group, as a species, but I think we we get scared because we worry that we'll be threatened, that our group will be threatened. We've One group after the other has done that. And now, what's sort of interesting to me is this idea that we're scared of artificial intelligence as potentially being its own group. And we become the outgroup group to this much more powerful group of artificial intelligence. Um, so we were talking a bit off air uh, about Tesla. So Mark. Well, about
2: well, Elon. So interestingly, yeah. Elon was uh, one of the founders of OpenAI with Sam Altman. We talked about this a little bit. Matt, but it was a not for profit. And then that structure changed. And Elon said, Well, no, this was this was meant to not be profitable and exit. And he's the one who's looking to put some some barriers, some some regulations around it. But I'm a huge fan. Um, I think everyone on this uh, zoom or call or listeners probably even realize how big a fan I am of Elon. He's got a company called Neuralink that he's invested heavily in and um what that company does is it enables you to enhance your biological makeup through artificial intelligence. So maybe you're having eye and vision uh, deterioration. know, the idea of Neuralink is you're going to be able to inject in some computerized uh, supplement, uh, or subsidy, I guess, would be the best way to look at that. Um, And then it's, it's brain capacity, right? So we have the ability to learn Mandarin in four years of high school, but maybe you upload it, and you know, Mandarin now, So I was in 7-Eleven with Matthew's brother and I got talking to the cashier, uh, who's also a big fan of Elon. So saw me with my, my little, my little Tesla three that I love so much. And the artificial intelligence in it is, is fascinating, but I'm walking out and he goes, Hey man, you're going to get a Neuralink. And I paused. Because no one's ever asked me that. And I hadn't really thought about it because I thought, hmm, maybe Matthew's generation will be really contemplating like, hmm, can I, I could do this without hurting myself. I've seen a bunch of people do it. You know, it's going to get me the opportunity that I need over there if I upload Mandarin into my brain. It'll get me that job, you know? So I, I paused with him for a second and it, it had me reflect for a long time with Matthew's brother. Like, would I? Probably, to some extent, probably. And I think that's where Elon's struggle is, where people aren't pausing is that there's motivation. So there's that arms race that Matthew was talking about. And a lot of it has to do with health right? How can we live longer? And those folks are pushing pretty, pretty hard at keep on going. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So people are thinking that, you know, the scarcity, right, we talked about the toilet paper last week, again, that we hadn't talked about for a long time. But the scarcity is like, well, this is mine, I gotta, I'm not slowing down. I I don't know what you're doing over there. But I'm over here. And I think what Elon's asking for is let's just knock down the silos, we got to share now. You know, kind of like in the COVID response when all of Big Pharma and all of the nations kind of looked around and said, you know, we got to share all information. Same kind of emergent call and fell on some deaf ears, I think, Matt.
0: Yeah, so Neuralink's tricky for me because it's, it's such a pioneering idea that since it's so... In the benefit of humans, it kind of scares people because, yes, it will, may maybe make a paralyzed person walk again, or make a blind person see again. But then again, it's you're you're adding a piece of artificial intelligence or machine to yourself, and then as part of you. So that scares people towards well, what 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 else is on this machine? Is it gonna almost keep us enslaved and follow elon like a bunch of robots or or other things like that which which i think is where a lot of the fear comes from i also love elon i think he has great intents but the idea of neurolink i don't know quite yet is going to be a hit for human society because i think a lot of people are a lot of people are very scared a lot of people are very scared of the idea of uploading right. your brain to the cloud or or uploading this this chip into your brain it's it's scary it really is but there's there's all these benefits that are being pushed right now but the negatives aren't really being shown
1: so aren't we almost did you there? see what your dad just did mark what did you just do i put on
2: my my new uh shocks yeah here not earbuds because they go into my orbital bone. They don't go into my ear, but I yeah. put them on and I could probably press a button and ask Siri, ask Google, ask Bing, ask a question. But, and that answer is going to hit me right in
1: my ears. I mean, work. But, but
2: we're you still have to buttons.
1: ask. You can't just think it yet. See, ultimately, right? Wouldn't you be sure. able to just think the question? Right. And that's that's the concern. Again, these these are absolutely valid questions and concerns uh, that come back to who's in control of us, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, you control no one, you influence everyone. This is not just influence. Mm -hmm. This is talking about control. Will artificial intelligence not just influence our lives, but control our neural net? We, You know, we, in medicine, you know, we've been doing artificial things for a long time. Right? You know, you have knee replacements, you have heart valve replacements, you, you know, may have a, a titanium hip. So we've been doing this, but not when it comes to brain, this unique, remarkable organ, part of which absolutely distinguishes us as human beings. So I, I want to get back to to this scariness. There's there's this software that you were talking about earlier about writing. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah,
0: so uh, it's called ChatGPT. This is by the same. This is by the Sam Altman, Elon Musk company, OpenAI, and this was really something that blew up. I want to say end of December, early January, which kind of took storm and took headlines big, because what it what it basically is for those that don't know is uh, this big AI software that uses everyone's um, questions to to form the right answer. So you would ask a question, say, uh, write me a 200-word page on basically anything. And then quickly, it would just spit out 200 words of whatever you prompted it. Or you could say, I know my little brother did this. He he said, write me a, write me a country song. And it wrote a pretty damn good country song. It talked about... Talked about women, it talked about beer, it talked about tractors. It was it was it was really interesting. And this this uh this idea of of an AI writing software scared a lot of people, scared a lot of teachers. They said, well, if kids aren't gonna learn how to write essays in the future, if if they're if this AI writing software is just gonna, if you just upload the prompt and and write it, I mean all these classes are like all these writing classes are getting the prompt and writing the answer. So why, if AI can do that, why are, why are we even studying that? And then that kinda, that brings me back to when the calculator was first invented. Oh, I'm, I'm sure people were scared when the calculator was first invented. Kids aren't gonna learn how to do long division or or um, long multiplication or all these uh, math terms that we we don't really do anymore because we have a calculator. But the calculator has became a tool in school and and in math classes, people use calculators to get their answer faster. And I don't see why these AI writing softwares won't do the same. And the calculator has really showed us a lot more advanced math that we would have never kind of discovered without the calculator. And I'm sure that OpenAI and ChatGPT will we'll do the same with writing. We'll show us a lot more that we don't really know quite yet.
1: I can't help wondering whether this is connected at all with the writer's strike that's happening right now. Seriously, Tom, what, what do you think?
3: No, so the writer's strike is heavily about streaming. And uh, I mean, I, I wanna do an episode on it later, but from what I understand, it's a lot of, to do with uh, residuals from streaming services.
1: But is there a fear that the writers will be replaced by artificial intelligence that can just write the scripts?
3: I don't pay them anything? see that happening in the near future. Like, so the thing with AI as it is, is it's derivative. So what, what does that
1: mean? Derivative.
3: It can only, it, it can't have like a pure original idea. Like it has to borrow from sample from other things. So. With things like Dolly Mini, that was like the first big image generating AI that people were playing with. It borrows from every other image that's available on the internet. So people would notice with their prompts that there would be a blurry little thing in the bottom right corner. That's the Getty Images watermark. So you could tell that it was getting, you know, so was potentially. That, a
1: pun? that was another pun. That was Getty, Getty getting getting
3: right sorry sort of so and that became a a legal question is like what how do we how are we protecting people's artwork if it's getting sampled by ais uh and i don't know but yeah there is some interesting writing that comes from ai there was a thing an experiment on twitch where someone had a, a script running through an ai software along with this image generation basically what they did was they made a self-sustaining procedurally generated episode of seinfeld that just went on forever and it got we it it was captivating i'll say that much
1: it self-sustaining. is self-sustaining well we, we we are not completely self-sustaining we are really sustained mostly by our sponsors so we are going to take a Great to hear from them so they can sustain us. And we will be right back with the Dr. Joe Show. Hey, welcome back. And again,
2: we're super grateful for you listening to the Dr. Joe Show. If you have anyone that you think might be a good sponsor, shoot us an email at drjoepodcast at gmail.com. Dr. Joe podcast at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts about the show, too. We're wondering are we talking to the trees? or are people really gaining value in this? Please let us know. Thank you again and enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back with the Dr. Joe Show, talking about artificial intelligence. Yeah, that's right. You've heard about it. But we're talking about two paths, the Terminator, the Destructo model, or Utopia,
1: with Dr. Joe and his guests, Matt Stiles styles here yes we are talking about this and those two paths are you know troubling maybe there's a third where we still remain in control of the ai because as tom was saying earlier it's
3: derivative
1: so well that's
3: a problem in itself dr joe is why is that if a handful hold the keys Hmm. go on Well, I mean, that's one of the elephants in the room is like if a if a handful of people can reap the benefits of AI, where does that leave everyone else? So we have things like self-driving vehicles now. That would cut a lot of jobs because why would we need them?
2: But doesn't it give them the opportunity to do a more fulfilling job? I mean, that's
3: the the argument. But it's in another. Under another way of organizing things they will say that much like i said elephant in the room but well we talked about
2: power yielding a little bit i mean matthew was definitely touching on that in the beginning those five keys that's the ethics can we get in a room and agree on some basic rules here what did um what was he what was he talking about where someone called him a speciest Someone called Elon a speciest. What does that mean? Like, being... like you're discriminating against the computers. And he's Ooh. like, "Yeah, I'm a speciest. Guilty."
0: Well, that's another great argument to behold. Is yeah. When do we have to start giving rights to artificial intelligence? And that kind of, that kind of comes down to consciousness, really. And that's that's also another very lengthy and tricky topic of artificial intelligence because when artificial intelligence becomes conscious or becomes sentient what is that what is that going to mean when is that going to try to break out and do we need to give them rights or or do we have to not give them rights or give up well, rights to? well them. i
1: mean i don't know if you ever saw a movie called 2001 space odyssey but that was absolutely one of the core components of it It was a computer called Hal who was self-aware and what happened. And I can't believe it was called 2001, which was like meant to be so future oriented. And we're now like 22 years past that. Mm. But yeah, that, that adds a whole nother dimension. And, And again, that's, remember this, there is some parallel here. Unfortunately, some groups of humans felt that other groups of humans were not human um, and didn't deserve any rights. And we still have people like that. It's an in-group, out-group mentality. And that's what my my wonder is about this, is artificial intelligence becoming its own out-group that then becomes a threat to all the other things in the in-group, which is humans. It would be fascinating if actually artificial intelligence became our common enemy that finally brought human beings together as one group. Unfortunately, we always need a common enemy to come together as a group. But wouldn't that be interesting? Mm. We thought it Great. might have been COVID when COVID first hit, right? We did. We did. We had a common enemy. Opposite and we, happened. Opposite, yeah, unfortunately, because we we didn't have the right optics and messaging with it. And there's, there was certainly reasons for that at a very high visibility level. But nonetheless, there was an opportunity. Um, and for a little while, I think we all shared in the same mm-hmm. thing. And then some people said, nope, it's not real. But artificial intelligence is real. And we use but it all not the time. sentient. No, I don't think it's, it's sentient not, yet. It's not yet taken over.
2: Therefore, people will still remain in denial. It's just- not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> No, it's like know, an not just the river so, in egypt but they'll remain in denial but then there's the then there's the fear piece and it's it it, it requires a conversation it requires absolutely. open dialogue but it's moving really fast faster than anything else has
1: moved in
2: recent history for sure
1: and, and why is that why do you think this is moving so fast matt well, that kind of comes back
0: to the exponential growth of artificial intelligence versus the linear growth of human intelligence. Um, each each input it's getting, it's doubling its intelligence. It's getting smarter throughout uh, every input, every every click of a button we give it. So um, it could, it's predicted, and it it will eventually surpass human intelligence and. Which, which would be considered singularity. And then that would be the issue, is when it gets smarter, what does that mean?
1: You know, Stephen Jay Gould was a sociobiologist years ago who talked about evolutionary leaps to explain the gaps in the fossil records, that there were no gaps. There were just this linear progression, and suddenly there was an evolutionary leaps. Something happened. That we adapted to so quickly it was like we were a whole different group so is that part of what's happening with ai that but but again i'm curious it aren't so it's not confined to the data that we're putting into it it's beginning to abstract that data into other things well
0: so there's actually a pretty cool headline that just came out recently about i don't know i think you sent it to me dad so you can probably touch on it a little bit but the it was um an ai that when they were kind of keeping it controlled and doing its research it started spitting out different languages and it started talking in like spanish and then then it comes to like how is it learning spanish and then like uh thomas said earlier uh it's derivative it's 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 all of our what we give it and then I think it's just the internet like everything that's available on the internet really and that is basically all of human intelligence at this point
2: so the question then becomes what are we going to give it right what information are we going to give it and are we going to the internet or not the
0: internet because the
1: internet is everything right wow it's so different now than it was fifty years ago, with the sharing of information, the the multiple foundations of information. So, what is truth? What is real anymore? But anyway, it's uh, perhaps another conversation. So, Matt, the, I want to come to the two truths of the I am. Remember, the the I am is saying we're all doing the best we can. So, all of this stuff is an I am, right? We can. Rather than judge it, let's look again at why we're doing what we're doing. Again, look, respect. So we're respecting all these things, which allows us to have these conversations. But because these four domains interconnect, your home, the social domain, the biological, and the IC domain, how I see myself, how I think other people see me, because they interconnect, a small change in any one domain can have a big effect. You don't need to change everything. So Matt, Given what we're talking about tonight, what small change can you recommend to our listeners? Well,
0: it's the little things that make the big impact. Like you said, it's the saying hello to the person on the street. It's shaking that person's hand, standing up and looking them in the eye. It's the respect. And it's it's really comes down to optimism and just looking at everything in a positive way. I think that is the small change that leads to a big effect because if we were all optimistic and we we're all positive on everything i don't i think we would succeed a lot much a lot greater than we would if we weren't
1: how does that apply to our perception of ai can we be optimistic about it i think about we can that?
0: i mean that's the that's the digital utopia that we all dream of and that we all want ai to lead us to and um it's that I, I think all the big CEOs right now in, in the hands of of these advanced AI research models, I think they're all great people. I would, I would be happy to give them the keys to artificial intelligence and AGI. And I think they would do the best to it and use it in the proper way.
1: Which would be what?
0: In the benefit of human society.
1: that sort of gets to the second truth of the I am, because everybody is interested in what you think or feel about them through their IC domain, which affects their biological domain, because you know, it feels different when you feel respected or disrespected and you are part of someone's home or social domain. This means you control no one, but you influence everyone and you get to choose the kind of influence you wanna be. So Matt Stiles, working on your capstone ethics of AI, what kind of influence do you want to be? Positivity,
0: I wanna be optimistic. And like I said earlier, the, the little things are the big, big results, being positive And I know I can be positive and I know I can um, have a positive outlook, but how do I make someone else have the positive outlook? And that's the influence you were talking about. How do you influence others? to be positive. And I think you just gotta, you just gotta show it and you, you, you can't preach something that you don't do. So it comes down to your everyday actions of, of being positive.
1: And reminding other people of their value. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what, you know, we're hoping with the people who may have the keys to this AI that they change the business model which has always been, I think, and Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the business model has been, I'm going to increase my value at the expense of somebody else's. I'm going to sell things to people, but I want them to buy my product, not somebody else's. And we're changing that paradigm. Stiles Law is changing that paradigm dramatically. That by sharing the outcome Instead of competing by cooperating, we actually can do more and increase our value even more. Because now I don't have to worry about competing with that group. I'm going to share my resources with them. They'll share theirs with mine. Now we've got more resources and we can increase our value. And I think that that is what I'm hoping is going to happen with AI. That instead of it being, I'm going to use AI to enhance myself, and my bottom line and my money and my value, I'm gonna use it so that we all increase our value. I mean, I think that feeds in with with the optimism that you're talking about, Matt. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it comes down to you being optimistic and it's contagious, really. If you're optimistic, the person next to you becomes optimistic and then four turns into eight. It turns into 16, and slowly everyone becomes optimistic on the outlook. And then you kind of, those people that are preying on others and benefiting off others
1: will disappear, really. So, and they can become the minority. And so we can almost be exponential in the way we value each other mm-hmm. and help each other do this. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. Mark? Evolutionarily,
2: they'll be phased out, right? because
1: there's no room for negativity in that utopia. But but again, it's an I am. So we're, we're not going to be negative about it, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, that's part of, of the dilemma that we have with the I am. Even people who are not reminding other people of their value, that's the best they can do right now, but why and how can we influence that? How could we Be sure that we don't do the same thing. Matt, when you were talking about, you know, that optimism is is contagious, it's actually part of the brain. Those are mirror neurons. We mirror each other. And that's why you control no one, you influence everyone. You get to choose. You can help somebody else remind somebody else of their value just by reminding them of theirs. And that's not artificial intelligence. That's the real thing. Mm-hmm. folks great conversation as always matt thanks so much i can't wait to hear how the capstone goes and maybe at some point you come back and do a special and just present it to us present your ted talk love that love to it's a pleasure
2: mark thanks and tom
1: you're gushing with pride here gushing with pride <laughs> yep thanks folks we'll see you next week the dr joe show